It is so good to be here with you today. It was interesting to me um, as the staff got together and kind of planned through our preaching rotation for the next who knows how long, and that I ended up on the week that we were preaching about joy. If you know me well, you know that I am not always the most half full glass kind of person. I tend to look at it half empty because I want to know what the problem is and I want to fix the problem and I want everything to just be okay. And so joy is not always my first go-to. And so God's really been speaking to me in both this season and through the months of this pandemic when all of our lives have been upended to find the joy, to find the small things. Um, and so I'm going to read this morning from Luke 2. You heard a portion of it uh, for Pastor Tyler earlier, but we're going to read the whole section um, for this morning's reading. And it starts in verse 1. It says this, In those days a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. For see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you this day, to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, peace among those whom God favors. And so we see the shepherds out here, and that's really where I want to focus today is on, on our dear shepherds. And the angel notices after he appears that the shepherds are taken off guard. They are terrified, terrified. They respond, the angel does, with reassurance, bringing hope and peace and before the angel even shares this great news that he has come to share, it's all that he cares about is sharing this news, he backs up and he says, do not be afraid. And then maybe before the shepherds have even had time to digest that little piece of information, oh, I don't have to be afraid, the angel just keeps on going. He can't contain it any longer. The wait awaited Messiah is born. And then before they've had chance to digest this piece of information, they're terrified. They have finally heard that the Messiah that they've waited hundreds of years for has been born. The sky lights up and a multitude of the heavenly host are there and they are praising and they are singing. And I kind of wondered about that. And if you let your mind just wonder a little with me, I, I wonder if those other angels joined because the first 
angel had kind of scared the shepherds still. I imagine if I was in that situation and an angel suddenly appeared to me in the dark of night when nobody really ever wants to talk to me, a shepherd, and tells me this great news that I've waited forever to hear, that I would be somewhat catatonic. Like, I don't know that I could form a thought, much less an actual word. And so all of these other angels come. This news was worth rejoicing over. And I think that maybe the angels were there to show the shepherds, here, look at us. This is how it's done. Spread your arms wide enough to take in the sky. Raise your voice. Give thanks and praise for this inbreaking news, for this inbreaking of the kingdom of God. And I wonder if in that moment the shepherds found some clarity and they thought to themselves, ah, yes, this is how it's done. We've been out of practice. But maybe they were out of practice for a reason. I mean, think about it. We know quite a bit about shepherds at that time. They were on the margins. They were the lowest class of all the classes. They were disregarded. They were looked down upon. And if you listened in our passage, it said that the shepherds were living in the field. The shepherds weren't just there to work, and then they were going to go home to their nice, cozy home in their community. They lived there. They didn't have a community. They didn't have people. They were looked upon as less than even a slave. They had every earthly reason to be depressed and down and out of practice. And it left me wondering this week if maybe in these long days that have turned into long weeks and months, and for some of us even years, if we too have become out of practice with what it looks like to see from a kingdom perspective with what it looks like to give thanks and to praise. There are very few events in my life that have evoked a shift in perspective like this, that have evoked a joy that the angels had like this. Those three events, three of them, corresponded to the birth of my three children. There's something about a baby in all of their squishiness and vulnerability and just overall cuteness that makes them easy to delight in. And before our first child was born, I convinced myself I was young and I knew everything and nothing was really going to change all that much, right? Like we're just adding a baby. We're still going to have date nights and yes, we're going to have a nice new schedule and I might have a little less sleep, but everything was going to be fine. Nothing was really going to change that much. And yet you all know that when this beautiful boy up here arrived, everything shifted. Everything changed in our lives when he got here. Nothing would ever be the same again. And when this kid, our second, was born, I thought that things wouldn't really shift. I mean, we've already done this once, right? Like, we've got this, and yet everything shifted again. How could we love him as much as we loved our first? Would there be time for both of them? What about the two of us? Goodness knows we needed some time together. Everything changed again. And when he entered our lives, he transformed everything we thought we knew about love, about ourselves, about the capacity we had to love 
And then it happened again. And this beautiful girl arrived in our lives to a house filled with mostly boys and rambunctiousness and loud. And indeed, she transformed all of us. Everyone she came into contact with was transformed by her. The boys were transformed. Their perspective shifted. What was important to them shifted. They didn't care about their own toys anymore. All they wanted was for this little girl to play with their toys. They wanted to be the one to make her delight, to make her smile, to make her be full of joy. Everything shifted. Every time a baby entered our lives, we were transformed. And we need that shift in perspective, right? Like, it's so easy for us to get caught up in the day-to-day-to-day minutiae, the reports from the health department every single day and all of the numbers and the elections and things at work and how are things going to change and can I go to the grocery store, is it safe? All of these like little tiny details that are huge things for us right now and we get caught up in them and we need a shift in perspective. The shepherds needed a shift in perspective. And that night, their perspective shifted from their fear to this inbreaking of the kingdom of God. Their outlooks, their emotions, and their actions changed. The shepherds, if you go on in this story, they went. They said yes to the angel, and they went, and they saw this thing that had happened. And then they left there, and they told everybody they were full of joy. They were no longer terrified. This joy compelled them to go and see, to go and tell. This newborn baby changed them. And this baby would continue to grow and change everyone and everything in his midst. We know that. And later in life, in John 15, um, I'm going to read this to you, and it's not going to be on the screen. Jesus is talking to his disciples about what it looks like to live in him, what it looks like to be a part of the kingdom of God, what it looks like to be pruned by the Father and to mature in faith and to take on this new nature that they are going to be given. And I want you to just close your eyes and listen to this because it is really a beautiful, beautiful way of describing how we live in the love of God. And it says this, live in me, Jesus says, make your home in me just as I do in you, in the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine. You can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me. I am the vine and you are the branches. When you're joined in with me and I with you, the relation intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. I have loved you the way my Father has loved me. So make yourselves at home in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain intimately at home in me. That's what I have done. I have kept my Father's commands and made myself at home in his love. I have told you these things for a purpose, that my joy might be your joy and your joy will overflow. 
Your joy will overflow. You will live in the abundance of his love. That night in the fields, Christ's joy became the shepherd's joy, and it changed everything. It said in 1511, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Jesus does not say here that I have told you these things so that you will perform for me. Don't hide in my love so that you will perform for me. Don't tell people you love me so that you can perform for me. No, I tell you these things so that you will be filled with my joy, and then, and only then, will your joy overflow. And so what makes the difference? Jesus' joy. It shifts our perspective. And I have to tell you that this joy is not something that God just like throws out to us like a gift right? It's not something that is unattached from him. Joy is a part of God's character, a part of his nature. He reaches inside of himself and infuses us with his joy. Matthew 3, 17, God is looking down from heaven at Jesus' baptism, and he says, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. In Galatians 5, we know the fruits of the Spirit are listed there. The fruit of God's Spirit, one of them is joy, and it is available to us through God's Spirit. But it's not performative. You can't manufacture it. Joy doesn't come because you've read enough self-help books and daily affirmations and convinced yourself to be joyful. It doesn't come because you've watched an uplifting TV program or listened to some good music. That's performance. Joy comes when we say yes to living in Jesus' love. We sang a song right before I came up here saying, yes, I will. Yes, I will praise. Yes, I will live in Jesus' love and allow myself to be transformed by it. You know that there is a difference between joy and happiness. Certainly you've, you've heard somebody say that before. Happiness is fleeting. It's circumstantial. Happiness is what you get in those small moments of reading an affirmation or hearing job well done. That's happiness. Joy is different. And I learned about joy most um, from my mother-in-law. If you've ever received an email from Jan, at the very bottom in the postscript, you will probably have seen this. Joy is the settled assurance that God is in control. The confidence that ultimately everything will be all right. The determined purpose to praise him in all things. Jan exudes joy, real joy, confident in Christ, determined to praise him in all things joy, determined to praise in every diagnosis, in every treatment, in every unexpected step that has come along the way in her life. She knows where her confidence is, where her joy comes from, because she is living in it. When Christ enters into the life of man, we are transformed. When he came that night, the shepherds were transformed. And every single time we say yes to Jesus, 
we are transformed again and again and again. When we're living in that kingdom reality of God, there is confidence that gives birth to joy. When we're confident that God is who he says he is, that he's going to do what he says he's going to do, it changes our perspective. Life changes when a baby comes. Life changed when this baby came. And so the question that we're really left with today is has this child who came changed everything for us? Has this baby who came and lived and showed us how to love and live in him and died and rose changed anything for us? And not just in that moment when you first said yes to him. He is daily asking us to say yes. He is daily working in our lives to mature us in our faith, to bring us deeper into his love, to make us more at home in him. If you've ever moved, you know that that first day or two or a week does not feel like home. It's exciting. A new house and a new place and, and space to decorate, it's exciting. But it isn't quite home yet. But as you stay, and as you learn and as you grow in that home and you have experiences in that home, it becomes home. The more we make our home in Jesus, the more we experience his work in our lives, the more we live in the kingdom of God and see with kingdom eyes, the more at home we become in his love. Every single time I have said yes to Jesus, Yes to his calling, yes to his leading, yes to his commandments, yes to vulnerability, to community, to obedience, to forgiveness, to repentance, to waiting, to joy. I am changed, I am transformed, and my perspective shifts again. And I am filled with the overwhelming joy, the confidence, the assurance, the determined praise of Jesus. Church, God has already said yes to us. He said yes to us long before any of us were even here. And so I want us to think as we pray and as we sing this next song about freedom in Jesus, freedom to make our home in him. What is it that God is asking you to say yes to? What inbreaking is he trying to do in your life that you need to say yes to? A yes that allows him to fill you with hope and peace and joy. Father, thank you, God, that you have chosen us and that you are filling us with yourself that you are filling us with all of the things that make up your nature, your hope and your peace and your joy, your love. Father, I pray in these moments that we would search our hearts for where you are speaking to us. 
that God, we would say yes to you, even if it means saying no to something else, that we would say yes to you, even if it means waiting or not understanding or not having the full picture, that we would say yes to you. We love you. Amen.